0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and good night, ladies and gents, you're listening to Uber Radio, and before we get into this podcast, I'd like to talk about our board applications real quick. They are open for one more week up until Sunday, June 14th at midnight, and if you want more information about the positions and what they involve, you can go to our Instagram page or Facebook page, contact us there, or contact us via email at uberpodcast at gmail.com, and if you want to apply, send a CV, motivation letter to uwepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, without further ado, here is the podcast.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. My name is Audrey, and you're listening to the Faculty of Social and Behavioral Sciences Debate for the upcoming Student Council elections by UVA Radio. So I'm sitting here with two candidates. Uh, Could you guys introduce yourself and start with you?
2: Yes, I'm Joshua. I'm a second-year political science and third-year communication science student, and I'm running for the Vrije Student, DVS. Uh, at FMG.
1: And what does the free Student stand for?
2: Uh, digitalization, flexibility, and pragmatism. Mm-hmm. are around the most important assumption that the student is central and has maximal freedom. Right. Yeah.
0: And what about you? What's your name? Uh, my name is Gabby. I am. Uh, first year Lee student, but I'm here on behalf of Jocelyn, who is uh, in FMG, and we are running under INTER.
1: Right. Um, and what does INTER stand
0: for? Yeah, INTER stands for, uh, we have many values. We have sustainability, quality of education, student welfare, accessibility, democracy, transparency. <laughs> um, and um, mainly the the values of INTER really focus on students as individuals and also um, um, the university is the whole institution
1: right um, so Joshua what yes. is the student council what does it do uh,
2: oh, I would you
1: explain it to someone who has never heard of it before
2: yeah it's it is uh, the place where the voice of the student is being transformed into policy mm-hmm. to uh, together with the Dean and where uh, people from different parties are forming policy that is, of course, in the benefit of all students. That's the goal, I think. Yeah. Uh, and where different voices are uh, being shared uh, and the the core values of each party is represented in the work you do, in the views on different aspects, diversity, sustainability, quality of education, all that sort of things.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah.
1: And are there any examples of things that you guys could think of that the student council achieve that students currently
2: benefit from? Uh, I know the central council has uh, put a case against the UVA for proctoring. Right. It's, uh has to be decided. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, something like uh, a lower BSA in times of Corona or. Uh, the, the flex students, the yeah. pilots, things like that. So all that's come things from that
1: were brought up in the student yeah. council yeah. and actually um, get changed.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Interesting. And how has the student engagement been so far with the elections?
2: Uh, yeah. it's I think it's mediocre. Right. But we are online and it's difficult to reach. People more difficult than a physical hall where you stand and yeah you can talk to people but I think with uh, the good campaign and it is still possible to have a great uh, activity.
0: I think also with um, Intel we've seen so far a decent amount of student involvement uh, and engagement with the campaign through our social media campaigns and through um, our giveaway and reaching out mainly through Instagram and Facebook. Um, And I think it's been good so far. We've seen a lot of students engaging with, you know, what these elections are about and what we're aiming for and wanting to get more involved. So it's been pretty, pretty good. Because
1: what's been the biggest difference for you guys running during Corona? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I mean, I've never run before since I'm a first year. Um, But from what I've heard from second years and third years, They said it has been quite a difference, mainly in terms of what would have been done physically on campus, in terms of also what would have been, what routes would have been taken for merchandise and specific, like putting out the Inter logo on different things. And that's no longer really beneficial because no one's going to see it. Yeah. So it's been very interesting to see the change in the allocation of our resources to move to now suddenly the media marketing team are the most significant team, whereas before you know, a lot of it would have been more impossible. Yeah. So it's interesting moving the funding around to different things.
1: Yeah, especially from a student's perspective, I've always heard about the elections because of people being in uni. And I feel like right now there's a lot more of that working towards it by seeing it on social media, I think, like earlier than last year's, but that might have just been me.
2: Yeah, it was, was kind of necessary because it is the only way of reaching students now. Yeah, and I was yeah. participating last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, just standing in the hall with all the merchandise and people coming at 11 and 1 from the lectures, hundreds of people yeah, who you can reach, who you can talk with. And uh, we had a campaign running as well on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, you reach a lot of people with the actual clicks to vote were kind of <laughs> disappointing. No. So I think online campaigning is harder, but it is the only option. Mm-hmm. And I think people are aware that it is the only option. So Yeah. Maybe the the willingness to just click on that link is is greater yeah, this year. Perhaps. I hope.
1: <laughs> I mean it could turn out great because people are spending a lot of time online right now. So
2: yeah,
0: yeah who knows? And I think the hope is also with student engagement if We are online now, the more that we are able to reach out to students and what they can just scroll past and say, oh, I didn't know Mm -hmm. that the student council was doing this or doing that, they know more now from what's happening within the councils. And so that makes them more willing to actually vote and have a say in that.
1: Right.
0: So I think that's good as well.
1: well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So um, I want to start off with talking about something recent. You already briefly mentioned it, Joshua proctoring. Um, so the UFA sent an email that if there isn't a better alternative, the surveillance of online exams will be done with proctoring. Yeah. Um, so this means they will be able to see both your surroundings and your computer when taking an exam. Um, what is your, you guys' opinion on this?
0: Well, I'm pretty um, against it. Right. I think there are many, many, you don't realize how many aspects go into this. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that if you begin with the fact that they look at your surroundings for number one. Um there is this assumption made that all students live in houses where they can go and have their own room, which is their study and there are no distractions and there's no pets or family members or anything else, which is, I think, a pretty outrageous assumption to make considering now more than ever, low-income families are struggling Mm -hmm. and jobs are being lost and likely there are more and more people in one studio apartment and now students who are having to sit exams knowing, oh, my background's being recorded. And there are three other people in my studio apartment or maybe even just one or just a cat. And if that comes across the screen, they're thinking, oh, my God, if if they realize that they'll think I'm cheating. And there's this anxiety in the back of their head. And that is 100 percent going to affect the academic performance, because if you're sitting there thinking, oh, this is something I can't control. But if they see it, I'm I'm actually going to fail my exam. Mm -hmm. It's really, really scary. And um, then on top of that, to take all of that aside and just look at the actual the algorithms used in proctoring algorithms can be wrong. They can falsely see a keystroke that wasn't there, or whatever. And all of these things are just in the back of a student's head, thinking, "What if? What if there's a mistake, and I actually don't do anything wrong, but I fail my exam?" Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: so there, are, and then not to mention the the data privacy and everything that they they also are um, breaching.
1: Yeah. What does the French student think about this? Yeah,
2: I com- completely agree with uh, Gaby. And I think there is a good alternative because if you, for example, have a multiple choice uh, exam, uh, you can give students like one minute per questions. You don't really have the time to look it all up or to get in your notes uh, or just an essay question, which you have like 30 minutes to answer. And... I think it's inefficient to search all the information or talk to other students, and if you weigh that against the uh, privacy and uh, mm-hmm. all the issues Gaby talked about, I think no, we don't want proctoring yeah. at all.
0: I think I slightly um, slightly disagree with the multiple choice option, just because okay. <laughs> I personally I think that multiple choice isn't a fair representation of a student's knowledge or of what they've studied. And I think the there are definitely alternatives. Um, for example, you mentioned a timed essay, and yeah. I think um, those can be really great. So far, for me, I've had humanity-based exams, and we've had we've been told there are three different questions on three different work documents, and you'll write a full essay and mm-hmm. you know give it back. And so far, that's worked well because I think it gives students an opportunity to demonstrate their knowledge, and there's no need to be tracking them or anything because. If they don't know anything, they simply won't be able to write a good essay about it. Yeah. And um, the questions that are asked can be less direct in terms of like not specific things that would be in someone's notes, but actually demonstrate their understanding of their notes. Right. Um, so I think there are lots of ways around it. And for mathematical subjects, obviously you can do hand calculations, send in PDFs or do longer based projects. Um, there are many ways around these proctoring exams.
1: Yeah, I think one of the reasons why Joshua mentioned in multiple choice is I think Uva kind of used it as an example of something that couldn't be solved differently rather mm-hmm. yeah. than using proctoring. But
2: I agree with Gaby that essay questions are a better way to test the student's knowledge. And maybe you, this is the time to switch from multiple choice to essay mm-hmm. because uh, it's better for proctoring because you don't need it. Yeah. And it's better to have an exam with that kind of questions because it just uh, it's a better representation of the knowledge. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so win-win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so now I'm interested in hearing your take on the following statement. I am satisfied with the way that the PSA is currently arranged. Um, so for Dutch listeners, I'm referring to the binding Studie advice. The binding study advice um, for some programs is a bit different now due to the coronavirus. Um, but I'm talking about the normal situation where you need 48
0: ECTs. Um, this is a very complicated question. I think it seems very simple. Um, mm-hmm. I spoke to Jocelyn about this and she is a big advocate for a more relaxed BSA. And if not specifically a lower BSA in terms of its you know, amount of credits, she also uh, is a big advocate for the for less uh, constant pressure on students, constant reminders that if you don't pass this, like you know, that February email saying, yeah. you're probably not going to get your BSA and we suggest you leave. Yeah. Um, I know she's very against that due to the anxiety and stress it puts on students and it's really not good for their mental health. Right. Um, I think another thing that needs to be taken into account is the fact that uh, this argument for or against the BSA, it has to take into account the balance between accessibility and the quality of education that we're receiving. As of right now, many courses are more accessible because they have lower entry requirements. But then um, the quality of education is... They're trying to find that balance by having a high BSA, meaning that when it comes to second year, you have smaller classes, smaller tutorials, smaller lectures, meaning there's more contact with um, with your teachers and arguably the quality of education will increase. And if you do lower the BSA, then in order to maintain that balance to the best that that you really can, then I think a conversation would have to be had about um, numerous fixes and about smaller... um first groups of first years and whatever Mm -hmm. who actually are at that point in the first place. Um, So I do think it's difficult because there is a balance that needs to be considered. It's not as simple as lowering the BSA because then the university is already um, above its capacity of students. There are already many, many problems with students not being able to fit in lecture halls. Um, There are already, yeah, too many students for what the university can actually cope and handle with. Um, So... Yeah, it's not not too simple. I would say no.
2: No. Yeah, uh, I think it's crucial to have a BSA to filter Mm -hmm. because some at some point you have to uh, draw a line and um, filter students who yeah who are not earning any points. But uh, I think it's important to look at the individual Mm -hmm. and a relaxed BSA in. Terms of what are you doing besides your study? Are you doing Are you doing a board year? Are you doing a relevant part-time job? Mm-hmm. That can be the reason why you have a lower BSA. Right. And if you just yeah, screw it, for not really valid reasons, yeah, that's that's not a way of uh, lower the BSA. But if if you can. Uh, yeah, if you can...
1: Uh, so you would suggest for the university to look into the circumstances.
2: Yeah, more at the individual, not the mass, not how oh, we have thousand people, uh, just the individual. Mm-hmm. What is he doing? What is she doing? Why is that BSA lower? Yeah. And uh, also in terms of uh, mental health, uh, I think it's good to have more attention to that as well. <laughs>
0: Um, I completely agree with you as well. And I think it's a very good point when we talk about what I mentioned about uh, perhaps lowering the accessibility of these courses, if you're also going to lower the BSA, that is another thing. A lot of people will say, Oh, well, if you have numerous fixes, a lot of um, it will become, there'll be more socioeconomic uh, inequality because people from lower income homes wouldn't have the same ability to get these high grades and participate in MUN and all of these things that go on a student's CV when they're applying. And like you said, I think circumstances are so important, even when it comes to entry requirements, because you can look at, okay, they didn't meet these grade requirements, but they were balancing a job, two jobs at the same time. And I think it goes, yeah, both ways before and and during university. The university needs to really take care of all the students, I think.
1: But do you think the university has the time and resources to look into all those
0: students? I think that the university and and, uh, CSR, has funding and they have conversations about where that funding should go. Yeah, And I think that um, that is an area that should really be funded and and looked at seriously. Yeah. I all right. agree, yeah. Um,
1: housing. The struggle most students in Amsterdam know all too well. Um, the party 020 together is very vocal about this issue. Mm-hmm. They would uh, attend this debate as well. Um, They're running for FMG as well, but unfortunately, due to illness, they can't be here. Um, What do you guys think about housing?
2: Uh, We are a bit careful for touching that topic because it is a national subject from something out of the Hague. And building student accommodations is something for, yeah, it's just national policy. And I don't think student parties should Intervene too much in that. Of yeah. course, we are uh, for more uh, housing for students, for cheap housing, for accessibility, inclusion of everyone in the uh, in, in having a house here. But uh, it's not up to us, and it is nor the Uva.
1: Yeah. So you don't think there there's anything the university could do about this problem?
2: Yeah. I think they. Can put it up the uh, agenda, but anything more than that, I'm a bit pessimistic.
1: Yeah, because they do provide it for, for example, first years who are internationals. Yeah. What do you guys think about that?
0: Um, I think I don't know how to. It's probably not gonna sound great, but. <laughs> I think in a way, internationals do deserve some kind of, for lack of a better term, special treatment in this situation, because it is kind of, it could be the difference between somebody attending university and not, yeah. because Dutch students, um, they can stay home, and it, it isn't ideal to commute, and I don't, I wish there was a solution for that, um, but it is still a possibility, whereas I know for me, I grew up in Singapore, I came here from a Singapore, uh, a high school in Singapore. And, um, luckily I was able, I have housing, I have a Dutch passport, so it's different for me, but fully international students who are not Dutch at all, if they were said, if they were told, sorry, there's no housing for you, then what are you going to do? You can't come to university if you don't, if you have nowhere to live. Um, yeah. so the fact that they kind of put international students first in a way with that, I think does make sense. Um, but I completely agree with what you said. It's a national issue and it's not something that student parties can really do anything about feasibly right,
1: okay, thank you for sharing um I've got another statement for you guys um so Ufa Sochelle, who is another party who um could not attend unfortunately um they mentioned this as one of their core pillars, uh, which is sustainability um so statement I think the University of Amsterdam should spend more money to increase sustainability um what does Inter think about this?
0: Um, obviously, we are really for sustainability and everything that the university can do to become more sustainable. Um, I know the university's released recently the, a green paper on what they um, what exactly they want to achieve in terms of sustainability in specific areas. Um, and I think that's great. And perhaps more money should be put towards it if necessary. I think for me, the main goal would be we need resources, whether it be people, whether it be councils, whether it be funding, that ensure that those goals are actually met. Because that's what the biggest concern is. It might not simply be more funding. It's just making sure that these goals are not empty words and empty promises, that there is some responsibility taken to actually put those forward. So that would be what I would say, I think.
2: We are very pro-sustainability, but um, we would say that there has to be more room for pragmatism and less for gesture politics, Mm -hmm. Because I think if you want a sustainable university, you have to uh, do uh, major developments, like solar panels or something, something major. And we are having a canteen right now with vegan food and trash that is separated. And that's that's the good direction, but I think major developments are necessary to be truly sustainable. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're... Yeah, I think it it deserves more attention.
1: Yeah, but would you say the university needs to spend more money to increase sustainability?
2: Yeah, it, it that of course will cost more money, but yeah. it is very important that it is it's spent efficiently. So not things that like in two years are being evaluated and then uh, it's uh, it uh, it's not worked or not worked how we expected.
0: Yeah. Just I think I slightly, I, I agree with your overall point, but I think I disagree with, um, the word need, like the university doesn't actually need to make these huge developments and spend loads more money because there are incremental changes they can make that have a much larger effect on sustainability than you would expect. Um, I know UVA did, uh, the warm Sweater week, um, they took down the temperature mm-hmm. and the thermostats by two or three degrees Celsius. And I forget the exact number, but they saved, um, so many carbon emissions that would have been made otherwise, and students didn't even notice. I didn't even know that Warm Sweater Week was happening um, mm-hmm. when I was there. I don't think I noticed either. Exactly, and they th- they saved yeah tens of thousands. I think it, the numbers were really surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, and if this was done just not just for a week, but for certain months of the year every year, we are looking at so such an increase in sustainability, and no money was spent. Yeah. And are
1: there any other things that you think the university should actually spend money on? Other than the environment?
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we are pro uh, more specialized people for mental problems. Mm -hmm. So people can really talk to someone. Now you have a studio advisor. And then maybe after two weeks you get a different one. Or he or she forgot your name. It's really not that personal. And we think... If students are really having mental problems, it should be taken serious. And uh, that asks for uh, specialized people.
1: So should I be thinking about psychologists at yeah, like or that. just yeah. helpful tutors?
2: Yeah.
0: I agree well, completely. And um, I agree that there needs to be more uh, accessible psychologists. I know that uh, in Science Park, for example, I think it is, there are... There are sections within UVA that actually don't have any accessible psychologists for students, which is a huge issue. And um, there is funding that should go towards that. Um, And I also think that um, resources can go towards having not just psychologists where people um, speak to and individual help, but there are also psychologists who are who specialize in actually like learning processes and the structure of of, uh, education. And so in this way, the university can look at the structuring of courses and perhaps restructuring of courses in a way that actually prevents the stress in the first place. Because I think that a lot of times um, I can only speak for myself within my faculty. I feel as though the courses are unnecessarily stressful and there are a lot of aspects that could be taken to say, oh, we can reduce this or reduce that. Um, so I think that's really important as well. And also um, funding should go towards bridging the gap between Dutch and international students. I think that's a really big issue that we face at UVA. Yeah. Um, and I know I spoke to Jocelyn and she specifically would like um, to have kind of like the study advisor, but specifically for international student students um, and perhaps also Dutch students, but her focus is international um, because there are international issues that don't apply to Dutch students, and they often get overlooked. Um, so that's important as well.
1: Yeah, I think I've heard the term internationalization quite a bit these mm-hmm. elections. Yeah. How do you guys think the Uva is currently doing?
2: Um. Yeah, in my view, the Uva is pretty international, mm-hmm. and uh, that's. That's fine, but I th- I find it important that, for example, I do. You have for political science and communication. You have also a Dutch version of that. Yeah. Um. Communicatiewetenschap, politicologie, it's mm-hmm. called, and I think it's important to keep that, because yeah, you can't you can't internationalize too much. Mm-hmm. I think there have uh, there has to be a line. Where you say, okay, we are a Dutch-based university with a lot of Dutch students. And if you are a Dutch student and you, you want to write an essay in Dutch, or you want to give a presentation in Dutch, that should be possible.
1: If you do the Dutch course. Yeah, right. I
2: think that, that option should remain.
1: Because I think there's going to be a few programs that will only be taught in
2: English. Yeah, and there was a time when there was uh, talking about yeah, political science only. We we want only the English version. Mm-hmm. You can still choose the Dutch one for now, and I think it's important to keep that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, in terms of transparency of the university, there have been a lot of uh, issues that I think people don't really necessarily notice when there are there's a critical information and critical documents that don't exist in an English version, mm-hmm. and um, this lack of translation. R- I don't know the percentage of international students at UVA, but I'm sure it's a large percentage of students that actually we talk about student engagement. They can't they don't even have the option to be engaged because they right. can't understand some really critical information. Yeah. So I don't know about um, the Dutch classes and Dutch courses. I don't particularly have an opinion on that, but I think when it comes to transparency, we are an international university, and so yeah. everything that is important in the spider should be available in English and Dutch.
2: Yeah. yeah, With that point, I totally agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: You would think that it shouldn't take so much time or resources.
2: Either.
0: You really would, and I think the biggest irony of it is that the university is not holding themselves at the same standard they hold their students. That's true, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Because I also think, personally, I'm doing an international study, so I've always been kind of... Mixing Dutch friends with international students, but I think people who would be doing a Dutch course usually don't really come into contact with internationals, and just kind of see them as a as a different group of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think there should be ways in which to um, engage those, basically those two groups of people with each other, or do you think having their own international community is fine?
2: I'm. Um... The individual free choice is central. To yeah. So we are not uh, pushing students to meet other people. And mm-hmm. we don't want the university b- to be the the institution to, to do that. So not to uh, un- encourage them either. No, but you can, of course. There are all sort of electives you can choose where there is a mix of True. Dutch and international students. And it's also a bit up to the student, him or herself, to... If you want to meet with international students, there's... You think the, the freedom there. is there to do that, of course. And right. the other way around... And I know there is a bit of a... Uh, yeah, two worlds. And yeah, but I think that has to evolve naturally.
0: Yeah. I think I agree with the basis of what you're saying. It's up to individual students. But it's not as simple as um, they should go out of their way. And a lot of them don't know, like... Uh, what's available to them to mix with international or Dutch students or or vice versa. But um, I think that I would say that we would encourage the internationalism and the mixing of those two groups, because we definitely shouldn't overlook the knowledge and the, the education outside of the courses that you can get from people and meeting people and immersing yourself in different cultures and communities. And I think that we would put it, we would be putting every student at a disadvantage if we were to say, well, you have your world and you have yours. And That's just the way it is.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, And then the last topic I want to talk about is diversity. Hmm. Um, I think you guys have heard this quite a bit as well during these elections. Um, Do you think there should be... Is there enough attention to diversity by the university?
0: I mean, okay, this is difficult for me because I've spoken about diversity before and then I've been told... That um, it's different aspects. So, what aspect of diversity are you talking about now?
1: I guess the thing I'm thinking of is diversity in terms of, um, people. And okay. Diversity. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I think this is a obviously a hot topic right now. I know it is also within CSR yeah. about um. We were talking earlier, actually, also about entry requirements mm-hmm. and taking into account people's socioeconomic situations. Yeah. And there is a big push right now to try and get a more socioeconomic diverse group of students at the university. It is a public university that is it's there to educate anyone who wants to be educated. Right. And I know, I mean, I'm in PPLE where there tends to be, there is not much socioeconomic diversity. And that is, I think, an issue. I think not only does it create so much less accessibility for those students but it puts everyone else at a disadvantage as well like i said earlier a mix of students is only beneficial in classrooms um so i think that the university could definitely do more whether it be funding or i don't know um towards creating a more diverse group of students right
2: yeah i think it has the ufa's attention because you heard you hear yeah a lot about diversity in the plans um, I think it's good to of course to have a university that it is a representation of the population and to have different socioeconomic backgrounds but in the debate about diversity one diversity is always neglected and that is the political diversity and that's I find that very strange because I hear too often from for, uh, from students that certain opinions are not welcome mm-hmm. in classrooms or in lecture halls and I I don't think you want to be in university that focus on ethnicity religion socio-economic background have to have the more diverse uh, university but don't even uh, enhance uh, political diversity yeah maybe the most important aspect of a university where you ha- can have different opinions clashing and uh, forming new ones and I I like to see the university spend more attention to that aspect.
1: Because ideally, one would think that by spending time increasing diversity and paying attention to this, um, having new people coming to a university should bring different perspectives, Yeah. And has different views and opinions on certain things.
0: Yeah, I would have. I mean, you make a very good point, because I think I have made the assumption that what you just said would come with all of the rest, that people would inevitably have different political views and because we all know like there is a big relationship between socioeconomic status and religion Mm -hmm. and and um everything really uh race um gender all of these things affect people's political views so but i do i hear what you're saying i think that it's um there's definitely a clear majority when it comes to political views yeah and
1: just out of interest do you think Enough political views are represented in the student elections.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah, I find it difficult because I don't know the other people that well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have to guess what their views are. And yeah, but I think it's quite a representation of what what's in Uva. Yeah, that's yeah that I can say.
0: Yeah, I would say the same. I don't mm-hmm. think I know enough to say. Yeah,
1: I think from my viewpoint, it also differs per year. Certain years there is more, uh, there are more parties running for faculties than other years. I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So obviously it depends on that as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, where can people vote if they want
2: to vote? Uh, online, mm-hmm. we have a, We will put a QR code everywhere on the social media and uh, web pages. And if you just scan that, you will be directly linked to the page. And I don't know it from my head, but I think it's stamp.juva.
0: Yeah, it's I don't know it off my head either. It's a Something very simple, like that, but it's a but short uh, link. If you just actually. search
2: in Google vote Uva, then you'll If you I'm you not mistaken,
1: it should be stem.uva.nl, yes. so yeah. S-T-E-M.
2: Yes, yeah.
1: exactly.
0: Yeah. Same for us, it'll be a link. It'll be everywhere, it'll be hard to miss. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and why should people vote? I mean, why shouldn't they? I mean, yeah. this. We just said, what is what is the council? And the council is the accumulation of students' voices mm-hmm. and bridging that gap between the students and the institution. And why would those students who want their voices represented not want to have a say in who represents them?
1: Yeah. And
0: I think it's a really, really important thing that students get involved, especially now if they can see more and more what the council actually does and what the interests are. I think I don't see why a student wa- wouldn't, wouldn't want to have a say.
1: Yeah. And I don't think it takes a lot of time, does it? No,
0: it's very quick. One minute. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, So you guys can vote for Ufa Social, De Freie Student, Inter, or uh, 020 together. Um, Are there any things you guys want to say for your party or a certain topic you want to mention something about?
0: No, I think we mentioned it all.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, Then before I end this podcast... Applications for the 2020-21 board are now open for Eva radio um, So check out our Facebook or Instagram to find out how you can apply. And uh, who knows, maybe you'll be in the board next year. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Gabby, for joining. Thank you. No problem. And good luck with the rest of the elections. Thanks. Thank you.